Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am well. I'm blessed and... Highly yeah. favored? Highly favored, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to talk to you about. Where do I start? Where do I start with you? I start with you at... Where I start, start often with you is RBT Cypher. Okay. Right? I focus there. I think that was 09. Somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. It was me, it was you, it was Wale, it was a few people there. And word was around. Nikki is in this cypher. Mm. Yeah. Nope. Word was around. Okay. Nikki come in, she spit, she rapped, you better have your bars right. It was all about. No, that. they mm, I'm telling okay. you, I'm telling you okay. what, what, what Web was saying back then. He sends his love, of course. Oh, okay. Um, and then I had my little camera. And I was filming. We did some filming afterward. I handed you the cigarette. But when I watch it today, to see your evolution and to see my evolution with the Queen's roots and how it just all intermingles, it's like beautiful. And then I go to your Instagram and you post 08 Nikki and 2022 Nikki. Isn't that crazy? Out of nowhere, I just happened to post that yet. But what does that Nikki say to that Nikki? I wish that then I would have appreciated more things. I wish I would have appreciated myself more, my look more, um, that raw talent that wasn't so jaded and tainted with the ridicule from other people. You know what I'm saying? Like Even that early? Well, yeah, I, that early, I was still in that good in that good place where artists are, where we are, when we just start getting a little bit known, and we're thinking, oh, it's just I'm just about to do what I love and make people happy, and then before all of the other stuff comes in, you know what I'm saying? For label stuff, or or you know, and remember, social media was just be, beginning when I started, mm -hmm. so I was like everybody, I was a lot of people's uh, guinea pig. I was one of the first people to be shitted on on the, on the internet, on social media. Like, non-fucking-stop. Every day I would go on. And it was some new story, made-up story, or, a, you know, bad picture. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it wasn't acceptable to have um, surgery at all or anything. Even though, and at that time, I, I had never had surgery. I had ass shots. Which, till this day, I realize even what I did and even with me not consulting with anyone to do something like that, how insane that was. Like, it's not that you go to a doctor, a professional person. No, it's some random person. Yeah, shorty in the Bronx. Comes in. I was, I was in Atlanta Queens. at the time. I was in Atlanta at the time. And actually what happened was I was I kept on being around Wayne and I. And at that time, you know, Wayne, he always talking about big booties and all. Wayne would have like a new chick in the studio every session. So it was always a new a new big booty. Creative support. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. A new bit a, a, a new big booty there. Amuse. Right. Actually, yes. Actually, Amuse. actually, it was. It, it, they were his muses. Um, you like to look to the side and see some something with some ass sitting there while you're right. trying to come up with a line. That's right. 
And um and yes, I I want to make sure I don't downplay those women because they have a big part in the, the the journey of a rapper's career. You know what I'm saying? Because when they are out there, they would give him that that fuel. You know him them smiling, them listening. You know he would he would do stuff and then just see organically what they would respond of to, course. right? Um, all of those things. So they were his muses, but I just was around them all the time. And I was like sister, I was like the little sister with Wayne and Mac and all these boys, you know, Jay Mills and Gota and all of them. And all I would hear them talking about is big butts. <laughs> and I didn't feel complete or good enough, good as them, as the other, as those girls, because I'm like, oh my God, you know, this is what you're supposed to look like in the in, in our in the rap culture, and I don't look like that. And now, but that was you telling yourself that, and not anyone else saying that to you. No, yeah, they never told me that. Well, no, I'm lying. I think Wayne and I think they said stuff sometimes jokingly. Jokingly. But to a young. Um, girl or up-and-coming rapper or anything like that when it's from someone like Lil Wayne it matters you know like so even if they're joking they don't know that the person that is there in that room with them is not finding it funny they he, they're thinking that and and all and this ha now now that I'm older I understand Sometimes you'll say something in front of someone and you're thinking that they know, they know that they're pretty or they know that they're smart or they know that they're talented or whatever. You're thinking that this is what this person thinks about themselves, mm -hmm. you know? So you'll say certain things around them or to them. Um, but, you, it, but a lot of times you don't know how insecure a person is or what their insecurities are. So when you say those, say certain things if around women, especially, you can never take them back. You know what I'm saying? So where they might have been playing with me, probably thinking, oh, she, here, she's confident, she's good in her own skin, da da da. da. They don't know probably that I, that I always had that insecurity. Mm -hmm. So they're just joking. They didn't mean any harm, but it wasn't a joke to me. You know, I was laughing, but I didn't find it funny. And that was the experience then. I ask because today it almost seems like there is a a female rapper starter kit. Thank you. That you have to have before Thank you. you come in. Absolutely. I try to stay out of women's business, but it's rappers' business. And that's the thing. So what do you think about even the evolution of that? From it being a joking thing to Wayne saying it to you to now would be like, all right, we can't even it don't matter that you can spit. It don't matter that you look great, you feel great. For us to back you, you gotta. You know what it is, Joe? I don't think it's the men really anymore, especially. I think it's the women. I think it's the girls, what their perception of, of a female rapper is. And mm. they think, this is what I have to look like. Um, you know, like, I remember, I remember, <sighs> I remember I, had, I would never see any female rapper wearing pink hair. Pink hair became a part of that starter kit. Mm. Every female rapper will put on a pink wig at some point. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was just the Nicki Minaj thing. That's why when I said pink wig, thick ass, it was 
oh, that's a iconic Nicki Minaj line because that's what she, how she that's what she wears. Now it's everybody pink wig, thick ass, right? Um, Do you hold yourself accountable for any of it? Yes, yes. And I used to say, well, I'm because I was one of the first people saying, oh, I'm not these uh, people's parents, but. Now I get it. I look at it from a different perspective now because um, superstars inadvertently become role models, no matter what. Mm -hmm. You can be the weirdest druggie in the world. If they like your music, they're listening to it over and over and over. It's programming. And they might try some of those things they hear you talk about. I remember had a conversation with Future one time in the studio. And he said something that I will never forget. And he laughed while he said it. He was like, yeah, you know, people, people be thinking I do um, so many, like people be thinking I, I'm really doing a lot of drugs because I rap about it all the time. Mm. But they don't even be knowing I'm a lightweight. I said, er, in my head. Because there are a lot of people that are huge future fans, for instance. And that's how they're going to feel closer to him because they're doing what they're hearing him rap about. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that he's he not... He ain't doing it like that. Either. Not like that, no. So that's why uh, it's, you know, it's important. But you can't fault an artist. See, that's the thing. Just because you say you are a role model doesn't mean you're telling someone you're bad. Even though we are role models, it's like, how can you tell a a rapper you're bad because you rap about that? And you didn't clarify in your music what drugs or how much drugs or what, you know. It's art. That would really, and and I want to stress this because I know right now they're in court talking about how, you know, um, their lyrics and their impact. Can we use them? Could you imagine if we held film directors accountable for all the fucking murders they put in their movies? And actors. And actors. Can you imagine, and the director of the movie, and who actually wrote that line right here in this? Because whoever wrote that, what? Okay, I'll offer some pushback. Okay. If Bruce Willis goes and kills 50 people in a movie, no one says a word. The second that he does it in real life, we might have to go back and look at that movie and make it applicable in court. No? But we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Rap is the only genre of music, first of all, in my opinion. Rap is the only culture that from the beginning of time has been vilified. Like, from the very beginning, we have been treated like the bad guy. We have. Well, we were the stepchild since inception. Yeah, yeah. So they've been blaming us for stuff since the beginning. So it's not like like they do that to actors. It would be different if y'all always point a finger at actors. And then Bruce Willis does something, you know, and then then we say, oh, see what he was doing in his movie? No. Bruce Willis doesn't wear a target on his back every day as an actor. No. No. Rappers do. They look at us where we're from. We can't help where we're from. We can't help that we are from the hood and we, and we didn't have anything and we had to do certain things to get money. We can't help that. I'm sure Bruce Willis probably didn't have to do those things. So he's looked at as more as a, a, a law-abiding citizen. 
So we won't even, our minds won't even go there. If, if yeah. he was to go to a court for something like that, they wouldn't even bring up his movies. Because he gets to go be Bruce Willis when he goes home and you don't get to go be Onika. Right. I understand. Right, we're, we're held to a different level of judgment. We just, from the beginning of time, we, we always have been. So I don't think they would ever bring up any, any movies that these, especially the white actors do. Now maybe a 50 Cent show or a movie, maybe they would do it to them. I think it's just about our, the culture. I think it's just about the, our culture. I think even if it was a black movie, sometimes they would do the same thing. I just don't think um, any culture that's predominantly white ever deals with that. Are you aware Eric Adams the New York mayor. Oh, and, and about drill music? Yeah. He yeah. said his son let him hear something and said, hey, this is dangerous shit. And then he went on the news and said, this needs to be abolished or something of the sort. And then all the drill rappers responded. But yeah, Eric Adams thinks that drill music is a threat and it's the reason that New York City crime is increased. Shame on him. Shame on him. And shouldn't somebody else educate him outside of his child? Oh God. <laughs> and shouldn't he spend more time on educating himself than just speaking about it the very next day? Well, I think that and what you just said, if we even just start looking at that, <laughs> why is he doing that? The reason why he's probably doing that is to point the finger. Oh, hey, if anybody ever looks at my record as, you know, mayor and whatever, it's this drill music. That's what it is. Let's get this out of here. What? Well, drill music wasn't around uh, in the 80s when everything was, uh, why they had to do the, the just say no uh, campaign and all this stuff when it was all this uh, uh, drugs and, and mm -hmm. murder rape crazy skyrocketing. Was drill music there, Mr. Adams? No. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I think they blame rap music in the 80s too though. Oh my god. But they don't but they didn't blame rock rock stars, rock, rock and roll. Rock and roll has been at the front of doing, you know, you know, partying for a very long time. Drugs, sex drugs, rock and rock and roll, roll right? Synonymous. <laughs> like. But but when you see one of these white rock stars, we, our minds don't go on crime and drugs and all this bad stuff. Why? It's a different image. It's different treatment. Like I was about to ask you about just longevity and rap as a woman. But when you think of rock and rollers and you think longevity is what, 50, 60 years. That's right. You've been around how long now? Um, well, I guess since, oh, technically 2007, technically 2007. So. Do you feel, do you feel the weight of being tasked with adding to what longevity as a woman in hip hop looks like today? Of course. Like, cause you're basically like the, I don't want to say the blueprint, but that's where we are now. We had Kim who had a run. We had Foxy who had a run. Lauren had a run. Missy had a run. Today, though, you just kind of get to run and create and do as you please. It's a different era. It's a different time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Is there pressure that comes with it? Of course. Of course. Because um, in the very beginning of my career, I would always say in interviews that I don't feel that female rappers were um, given their just due um, in terms of on a long-term spectrum. Like, in my opinion, how they, you know, in my opinion, the female rappers before me, I would always say they should have retired as moguls, right? Like, big, huge moguls. And I would say, why isn't there a female version of Jay-Z, who at that time, even when I was coming in, we could see that he was on moguls, that, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like... So I was like, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to do that. And even what I've done, I, I haven't done. I haven't done what I want to do, what I need to do, what I will do yet. I know it because I'm talking about full out mogul. But did they have, did they have the opportunities? Did they have the same opportunities? That's like so many rappers at that time. Some of the biggest rappers, some of the most influential rappers, They've never made a million dollars for a show. They've never made what they absolutely deserve based on the doors that they opened for others, based mm -hmm. on their, their, their uh, level of talent, their level of influence. They've never been rewarded for doing any of those things. And now they get to sit back and watch other artists who they know is not as talented as them but just because in just because of where we are it, with everything with you know whether it's social media or rap being just the number one genre of music or whatever in the world they have to now sit back. I know that can't be easy for them to watch because now they have to watch that they can't send their grandchild for instance to college whereas with all of the jewels that they gave to the culture they should have been able to send their grandkids, grandkids to, to college based on what they put into the, to this, this thing. Mm -hmm. but, they, but they didn't get that. So yes, it's always been my goal to show. You give everything away, you give it away, you give it up. You know, like, can't go and see your, your parents all the time. You can't go and, um, there's so many things you just give up. You, you might not, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know what I mean? While everybody is enjoying their family and stuff like that. And then one day you wake up and years have gone by and people start to die. And then you look back and think to yourself, was it worth it? Missing I, the moments. Missing all yeah. these moments that you'll never get back. Like, I remember one of the most devastating things in my life was missing. My little brother was graduating from um, elementary school. And I just remember screaming, 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 screaming at my mother. I can't believe you didn't tell me, you know, that he was graduating. And she basically was like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be. It was a big deal to you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yes, it, yes, that's a big deal to me. That was a big thing. And for him to not for him to look out in that audience and not see his big sister, I was like. I remember I was in Europe at the time, and I told her I would have re rearranged and rerouted my whole tour to make sure I was there to see him graduate. But little by little, even your family, even your loved ones, they start thinking, oh, I'm not going to bother him with this. I'm not going to bother her with that. Yeah. Instead of realizing, no, those are the things These I need. These things are important to me. Yes, I, th 
You know, it's, it's, it's important for you as a human being, yo, as for your spirit, your soul, and as an artist. If you're not experiencing real life and real love and real, real heartfelt emotions, what are you writing about? And that's why everybody now was just writing about, you know. Nothing. Thank you. Absolutely. A, a bunch of nothing because when you first, that's why people always go back. To like when an artist first came in, because we always have that hunger, that that pain, that this, that this, because we're in it, we're in it, we're in the moment. I have to remind myself now all the time, stay in the moment, get back in the moment. You just love the moment, come back to the moment. Because I'm always 10, yeah, like thinking about what's tomorrow, what's next week, what's this tomorrow, and there are magical things happening that I'm not experiencing. I'm there physically, but I'm not experiencing it because I'm not there. How much time do you spend alone? Well. And that's got to be tough at this level. Um, I actually spend a lot of time alone. I, I love being alone. Actually, I'm one of those people that I used to just love getting off a tour just so I could just be in my bedroom alone and watch TV and do whatever I wanted to do and just, you know? I've never been one of those people that needs to go out to the club and stuff like that um, or be around other people. But, but I think it, it is important, you know, for me to try to do it. But to be honest, a lot. I mean, obviously my husband and my son, you know, are always there, you know, but I would say I spend a good amount of time in my own world, in my own little space. Good. Okay. You mentioned earlier mogul, and that should be important at this juncture. What do you feel needs to be done or added for you to hit that vision, your vision of mogul? Well, all of my, all of my beauty all of my beauty deals, you know, like. Tell me about beauty deals. I don't know. All of um, just. Because I was gonna ask. Makeup and hair and clothes and sneakers and da da da. You know. So you have all of those things happening. I do, I do. I have them happening, but there have been things that I put on hold in the last maybe year or two because, obviously, you that you never want to negotiate anything when you're not at your best in terms of what you're putting out into the world like if you're a basketball player you don't want to negotiate a deal when you've just had you know when you haven't played when, when you haven't been a starter or you know for a long time but you do want to negotiate that deal when you just been you know a starter in every last MVP in every last game and you know you've been putting up you know 40 points a game you know what I'm saying you do want to negotiate your deals then because you know you're gonna get what you're worth yeah so I hadn't been putting out music, right? So. But the last music you put out was received well. Well, well, no, because there was a lot of um, um, what's the word? Um, like the remember with the the Queen album, there was a lot of bullshit going on and I don't think that it was presented correctly you know not and it's not received well but not presented correctly right um 
Yeah, and I don't think mentally I was in the right place. You know, even like with the, with what I did afterwards. Like once that body of work was out, I don't think that I even presented myself correctly. You know, in in terms of what I was saying and how I was saying it. Um, Dark time. Did you have to present something at that time? No, I don't even think I should have put out an album at the, at that time. I don't think that I was ready to put put the album out. But it was some something really stupid now that I think about it. Something stupid. I think it was like the VMAs were coming up. And then also uh, my, one of my label mates were, was about to drop. And I wanted to um, make sure that she and I had our own week, each, each our own week, I think. And also be in time for the VMAs. It was something like that was going on. And that's stupid. You never, you never base your art around an award show, around a photo, like around, the, 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 no, your art is your art. All that stuff can wait. Because when the art is great, all that stuff comes. You don't need to chase it. You don't need to um, figure it, figure that out. It figures itself out, you know? So I don't even think the album should have been put out at that time when it was, in my opinion. So like every artist, you decide to go away and get it, get it right. Mm-hmm. Because last project was what four years ago. Right. Well, I was about to. I would have. Uh, be, I would have been putting something out after that, but you know, I got pregnant. So once I got pregnant, everything had to. I had to fall back because I don't want to be shooting videos pregnant, and um, I didn't even feel like recording and saying certain things pregnant, and and then COVID as well. It just so happened that the two huge things happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you what it feels like to be pregnant during COVID, you know, just to even go to, to your doctor's appointments. It was so, so hectic to just, you know, go in, you know, everybody has to be masked and, and it's scary because you don't know, you might, you know, you just don't know, especially it's your first child. You feeling like, oh my God, what if I do something and, you know, just you just don't know what what the hell you're doing. You know, yeah, and it, and it's a weight. You know, it's a heavy weight on your shoulder because of it. So I had to do that. I had to have the baby, and then COVID, and then um, once I had the baby, you know, as a woman, you have to get back in shape and start, you know, just getting also. But yo, also, that's so unfair for y'all, yo. Why is there like this window that y'all have to get back in shape, look the greatest, and be right back out? Like, why y'all can't just chill? <laughs> I guess you can. I mean, so many women do. You but know? there's a pressure. There's a price you pay for, for taking too much time chilling, right? So you don't want to do that. But also, you also, you know, I also wanted to bond with my child. Like, I see sometimes, you know, some people pop the baby out and I couldn't. I, I, I wanted to bond with my son. I didn't want to just have nannies. Around. He still doesn't have a nanny. <laughs> for <laughs> like, real? So he still has never had a nanny. <laughs> Go ahead. Never. But it's very, it's very hectic, time-consuming, because I did, um, you know, I, hi I hired four nannies, they just didn't work out, you know, so I'm just trying to get someone that I really so love. So you tried the nanny thing. Oh, yes. And wasn't compatible. So far, but obviously we do have to get them acclimated with someone. Because yeah, because you're going to have to show up places on time at yeah, some point. Yeah, and I have to travel out of the country, I have to do a bunch of stuff. I have to tour, can't tour and... You know, be taking care of the baby and doing all that stuff, and you know, being on stage every night. So, so this is like a roller coaster. Now you come off the album. There's COVID. 
there's pregnancy, there's a baby, there's, I gotta get back in the Nikki mode. Now that, now you gotta kinda relearn yourself. Yeah, because I also went through um, writer's block, severe writer's block. After the baby? During the pregnancy, during the pregnancy. You was writing a bunch of whack shit? Huh? You was writing whack shit? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I wasn't even writing anything. I was trying and I wouldn't have no ideas. I think I think I was too worried about the baby or like it just I was just on online googling and youtubing uh pregnant women all day. Like, "Oh, what did they do? How did they do?" you know. And 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 it was so many women they cuz what they do is just not not to uh, celebrities regular women they document their journey mm -hmm. and they ma and it makes it so easy so that those questions that you might have these women are telling you you know how what happens and answering questions what to take to the you know when when you go to the hospital and how it's going to be raising a newborn and how much you know sleep how, just a bunch of stuff so i was consumed with that because hello i'm about to have a baby I'm all the way in California. I don't have a bunch of family around me. What am I gonna do, need to do? I wasn't thinking about no damn writing some hot raps. Yeah, <laughs> naturally so. You know. How long did it take you to get acclimated or get out of writer's well, block? Well, I came out of writer's block with seeing green. Literally, yes. Okay, so, um, and, that, and how that happened was I texted Drake one time and I was like, you know what? I wanna put out um, oh, I, I was like, the label is wants to put out Beam Me Up Scotty. And I was like, I can't put out a, a mixtape and not give them something new, right? I was like, yo, what's hot outside, out, out right now that you think I should jump on? And instead of him telling me, he texted me back and said, jump on this. And I listened to the song, and I'm so out of it. I was like, oh, this is out already? Y'all put this out? <laughs> because him and, and Wayne was already on it. <laughs> Um, and he was like, no, you know, I was like, oh my God. So I kept on trying to write to it. I couldn't think of anything. I mean, everything I was saying uh, was just so stupid and bad. And those is the two last niggas you want to be <laughs> whack with. <laughs> exactly. Nobody knows what type of pressure that was. I sent Drake like six different verses. Yo, but you know what's funny about you? Like from the outside looking in, of course. Like you invite that pressure from, I know, from, I from the niggas that spit. I know. Right? Even now, like not one little baby song, it's two little baby songs. And he on there going crazy. You listening thinking, you know, she she's back at it again. Just pairing herself with the niggas that's Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you like that pressure. Oh I I need that pressure. I have to have a sparring partner. Like, how do people get great? I mean, ugh, I don't want to. Mm. But you always put yourself just in the category <laughs> of the niggas. Right. Like, you make it a point to say, yo, don't just put me with them. Oh, yeah. Like, put me with them. Well, it's because that's what I fell in love with about rap. I fell in love with, and everybody falls in love with different things. I fell in love with who spit the hottest rap, who spit the hottest verse on this song. Since, I mean, that's just how I've always been. Um, you know, so I gravitated to, like, Foxy Brown because I felt like she used to spit like a dude. And I, and that, oh, my God, you Love know. Love Foxy. Yeah, like, she, her, her precision was just, like, I, even to this day, I think her precision and the way she pronounces everything and her clarity 
is just unmatched. And that's what I wanted to be like, you know. Um, I was never thinking about what everybody probably thinks I was thinking about. I was thinking about, uh, you know, Biggie and Jay-Z and these types of people who had the better verse on this and who had the better verse on that. That's always what intrigued me. So now when people kind of, I, and I think at, at one point, people tried to bully me out of that mindset. Like, you know, so that the bar could be lowered for women, you know? Why does it have to be about dope raps? Mm. You're a rapper. Who cares about if the rap is dope? Could you imagine telling Michael Jordan basketball shouldn't it shouldn't it shouldn't be about just how many how many uh baskets how many you know times you hit from the free throw line how many three point shots you made that's how many uh, rebounds how many can you imagine telling Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali it shouldn't be about your technique no no one would ever ever say that to 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 these people these are people, the greats in sports. But as soon as it comes to rap and female rap, they wanted me to start lowering the bar and starting to say, yeah, it doesn't matter, get your raps written. Be, have, a, have bad verses, have not thought out verses, have, like say anything, who cares, it's just music, ha ha ha. But to me, that's not what it is. And now if that's what it is to you, you have every right to do that. But if it's not that to me, why should I, why should I say it is? You don't have to. And I didn't, and I don't. It's probably safer to, to put yourself in the box with the niggas because if, if you start rapping like the aggressive raps to women or catered to women, the media people just think that it's smoke when it's just aggressive rap. Oh, they always do that to me. They've been doing that to me since the beginning. No, but we stopped doing that now. Oh, though. yeah, okay. No, no, we stopped now. Okay. There's a concentrated, I think, effort for the girlies to play nice with each other. I can see it. Right. Either play nice with each other or respect everyone's space. Right. So I'm not going to be the media nigga to put something in that, but I like that. Do you notice it? Are you cognizant of yes, it? Yes, of course. Of course. It's been... But it didn't start... Stop. It didn't start from there. It didn't come from a good place. It came from the place of, well, yeah, it's great. Let's move on. Yeah, wherever it came from, who cares? It's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And that was on display with that whole city girls thing that we learned over the internet, however it was birthed. Like, that was more just leadership in that direction. Like, we don't need to mess. That's right. Back to how you fell off of your last project, just about how it was handled. Mm -hmm. That probably makes more sense for me as to why it seemed like every T is crossed and every I is dotted with your presentation this time. You really? haven't missed a beat. Really? For yeah. me. Thank I'm you. talking about in terms of when the record dropped, you at the Hawks game the same night. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> There are people yeah. that you have sat with from this side of the spectrum to late night. Oh, yeah. To Lil Baby being on both of the records, to the video being that type of movie. Mm -hmm. For me, there's mad effort yes. into presentation. Yeah, for sure. Here. For sure. And it's not even the album rollout. It's just a 
my rap song rollout. It's not even like a, my, you know, a crossover record or anything like that. Yes, so you're right. Even that, right? Like normally when we hear, okay, Nicki Minaj is dropping two records. One of them is going to be the little puppy <laughs> smashy single. And then one is going to be for the heads. And, right. But this time they both was kind of joints. Mm-hmm. Rap, rap. Yeah, because... Because I have stayed away so long that I have to now, I feel, um, overdo my core. But here's the other thing, if I'm being honest. Anytime a sound works, people just forget everything about who they are and jump on that sound. Oh my God. Yeah, you did you on that record. Yeah, because right now, there's a particular kind of record that um, every female rapper is trying to do. Um, Well, not every, a lot. Um, You know, and I got some songs that I thought, some some hooks that felt like that, and I said, I can't do that. Last album, I did the same thing with Chun Li because it was like, Okay, everybody's trying to do, or not trying, but doing the trap thing. I purposely bought a studio to New York, I mean to uh, uh, LA, and said, I just want you to give me New York sound and shit. That's it. Don't give me nothing that sounds like trap. That's mm-hmm. why we have Chun Li and Barbie Tings. Just the, just, you know, because everybody's doing that. Now, if I come out, if I were to come out with a crossover um, record right now, that sounds like what everybody is doing with, you know, I wouldn't feel good about myself. So in my opinion, I have to do me. Shout out to my core, just the rap fans. I have to give them what I think they've been missing. Um, I also wasn't gonna come out with a very explicit song because I feel like that's what everyone's doing. Um, Everybody seems to be doing, you know, something extremely explicit or um, a, a kind of a, a hook that sounds like, because you, you know, once anybody has success with anything, it seems like everybody just jumps on that sound. Even if they may not have even liked it, it might be people behind them telling them to do it. Once you do that, and once you do it a couple times, who, who then are you? We've now forgotten who you are. We've now forgotten who you are. And so I don't think people realize that if you jump on it, every trend, you become faceless. It's mm. like... <sighs> this is a deep point. Yeah, it's important. It's important people know this. Uh, yes, I know you want the biggest radio smash. So somebody in your camp told you, well, you got to do this because she just won with that. So make your, you got to have a hook that sound like that. Okay. Now, when they talk about female rappers, eventually your identity goes away. So now, when they bring up female rappers, you will never have a standing chance at longevity, um, um, really, you know, a, a name that's really going to stand the test of time. We all do it as artists. But sometimes, I feel, some people do it with everything. It's always, okay, well, what's hot now? Let me jump, just, you know. And you have to be careful. Because, yes, it might give you the biggest smash song for that moment, but afterwards, 
you be you will realize you don't have an identity. Yeah, really. but nobody is ever here to tell them about what happens afterward, mm. right? And what happens when you're just trying to find yourself, but you never do. Mm. Like some people are not in it for back end money or making sure their kids are alright. Some people just want the quick notoriety, oh, the quick okay. record, and I'm done with this. Oh. Give me my quick pub check and I'm out. Got it. Everybody's okay. not passionate, right, about this. Okay. You're right. You're right. I guess that I guess you're right. How I do guess. you avoid that type of complacency at this juncture in your career? How do you how do you go about creating and rolling out differently? Just challenging you. Fuck what the label is saying, what the fans are saying. How do you just avoid boredom with create, uh, creating? I don't know. I just think it comes from me being very hard on myself naturally. You know, like I'm telling you, I have songs right now that if I was to put it out, they would check all those all the all the boxes that people probably think I want to have checked. But I can't live with myself. What what people want, a lot of people want, and what I want, I guess, are different. I want to be able to have integrity. I want to be able to, when I go home at night, look at myself and be like, solid individual right here. Mm -hmm. Period. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't mind if someone says, oh, she's a bitch or she's this, she's that. But I'm a solid human being, solid person. So as an artist, I hold, my, I hold myself to that same standard. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, like, I can't just blow whichever, whichever way the wind blows that day. You know what I'm saying? In order to be, in order to chart or in order to sell or in order to whatever. Mm -mm. I fell back for years because I don't need to be in the rat race of whatever it is that people Same. are doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, people think that right now um, the rat race about number ones or this, you know, on Billboard Hot 100 is the only thing they should be caring about. When I said this, but I don't think this came out yet. I think I talked about this in my documentary. But in the history of rap, You've never and will never hear anybody disputing who is the best MC. You know how we have those MC talks? You, you'll never in the history of rap hear somebody say, oh, you know what's the tiebreaker? Who had the most number ones? No. Who had the most number ones between Jay-Z, Biggie, and Nas? No. Who had the most Grammys between Jay-Z, Biggie, and Nas? You'll never, ever in life hear any hip-hop head say, well, the tiebreaker for me to decide who is the illest rapper, let's ask that. No. So the, I think a lot of people got into it like thinking that that's what mattered, and now they're realizing that doesn't matter. Because if that was the case, I would have been long gone being discussed. Mm -hmm. But you see that that's not what people care about in rap, in the culture. We care about technique and it's not always supposed to be metaphors and all of that some people that i love don't spit metaphors and that's not their style and that's mm. fine like i think that's the other thing i think people think that i that i only look at 
certain kinds of rappers as dope. No. It's a lot of rappers that don't rap like that. But you could still see they're passionate about what they do and how they do it and that it's authentic to who they are. And they're not switching it up every second just because of something, you know, is hot this season. So that's a different level of respect that you have for those people. I agree. Speaking of respect, I saw you say that you would do a versus with one or two people. Mm-hmm. We all got to guessing. <laughs> I already know who one of those people would and should be. I guess would be Kim. The other one, I, I had no idea. I was stumped a little bit. I thought that maybe you put that there just to stump niggas. Because who else? <laughs> who else would this be outside of Kim, Missy? I don't think. Would respectfully, I don't think Foxy. I don't think that's there. It's just Kim and Missy, and maybe Lauren. But I don't even see that. I don't see it stylistically. I, I haven't said anyone's name. and, I, and Only me. And, and yeah, no, I'm no. Not, I'm saying it. I'm not saying anybody's name. But that's something that you would seriously be open to. I, I feel like you just want to get up there and slaughter somebody with a bunch of hits <laughs> no, and features. Uh-uh. No, because I approach those things as a rap fan, not as Nicki Minaj. Okay. Just as a rap fan. And I... I think that there are a lot of I'm not a lot of but I'm just saying like (laughs) no it's just about if somebody can play their joints and have people reminisce and go crazy and that you know so yes there are oh you and Kim gotta do it man because now that I'm listening to what you're saying to reminisce go crazy (laughs) you know that's gotta happen it's gotta happen um a few minutes ago, you said you were starting something else that sounded really big, which brings me back to my mogul shit. Documentary. Oh, yeah. Documentary. Oh, God. I don't... Mm. There's a... You said it. I didn't know. Well, we're... Yes, we're doing a documentary, but um, when it's ready, I'll let everybody know. I, oh, I'm not talking about it anymore because my fans then, then start making up things in their own head and saying it's supposed to be out this time. So it'll be out when it's ready. That's what I'm gonna start just saying. It'll be out when it's ready, and I'm not. I'm not gonna talk about anything else. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not putting anything out in the world because it's a lot of people that just, yeah. Okay, so can you tell me more about the management company then? Oh, okay. Well, I just want to hear about your thought, your thoughts, and your visions for you and your brand in like the next five years. I feel like you you've done it already in music. Okay. Like I almost feel like to talk to you about music. Unless I'm talking about what you've learned and what you've experienced, it's almost asinine. For me, you're like a legacy act now. Okay. Like, you have to be mentioned there, and we could talk about what you did. And anything you do moving forward, don't really change that part for me. Okay. But when I see the women's, right? When I see, like, Riri and Fenty. When I see fucking Kim and the Fendi Skims. Mm. When I see fucking, who a Cash Doll Act and Davies Act. Just niggas doing different things. Mm-hmm. And I come to one of the biggest brands that we have. Mm-hmm. You intrigue me when I hear about the different ways that your mind is working. Okay. Like, I wouldn't think management is a passion for you. But when you started talking about it, it sounded like it. Well, no. Okay. Well, no. What I'm saying is I'm creating my own management company to manage me. And then along the way, I'm sure that we will be able to manage others. So I'm putting Got the it. key players together around myself. Because there are people in my life currently who I think, um, you know, are really dope at what they do. And now it's just a, a couple other seats, I think, that 
are open and I want to create my own, not want to, I am creating my own management company as opposed to going to somebody and having them sign or, or you know, be, be, as opposed to having someone manage me and then getting a percentage of everything that I've built for all these years. No, um, I'm going to create my own management company and, you know, have different divisions of that management company there. And I think it'll probably just be a lot easier for me. Um, I'm also doing my record company. Okay. Um, I have a couple artists that I will start the record company with. But those things will probably be, I'll probably speak on that or uh, announce it closer to, you know, album time. Um, I took Queen Radio to another company. Um, so That was my next question. Yeah, so we'll start, they'll probably put out their press release in a couple weeks. Um, I, yes, I am working on, working with a director right now uh, regarding a movie. Can't wait to tell everybody about that. I'm really excited about that. Um, it, it's a bigger role than I've ever taken on. Um, and it's more in-depth role than I've ever taken on. And, it, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's time, right? Like, can't just be doing those, those surface roles. So, um, in, in, in addition, though, every time I would put something on, um, on Instagram, it would sell out, especially when I first just came back, right? Everything would sell out, people's stocks would go up, et cetera, et cetera. But I, right now, have a couple, couple companies on the table to do things with. And when I launch them, you guys will know. But obviously, makeup and hair is my passion, and you know, clothes and sneakers is my passion. When I did my Fendi line, um, I went to Italy and spoke to Sylvia and the company, and, and she showed me the grid of how their, how, how their clothes went up once my line came out, right? And um, she said, prior to my clothing line coming out, they were not doing really well with the clothes that had the actual Fendi prints on that everybody wanted to get away from the Fendi print. Okay. And I wanted to run to the Fendi print. And Chun-Li said Fendi prints on, and that changed everything. Once Chun-Li came out, I didn't have a Fendi deal yet. Once Chun-Li came out and I said Fendi prints on, all the girls started posting and saying Fendi prints on. So Fendi, you know, gave me a, a deal, right? Not all of the stuff flew off the shelves, right? Um... I told Kanye about that. I was like, hey, look, you know, um, I'm about to do something. And I just wanted to make sure I spoke to you first, you know, because I have so much respect for him. And um, he was like, well, if I did something with you, I don't think, you know, I, I think my wife, it, was a, they, it wasn't during this time, it was a while ago. He was like, my wife probably wouldn't love that idea because I would have, I should be giving that to my wife instead, you know? Um, if I was doing like um, a female version of Yeezys or whatever, it would probably mm -hmm. should go to my wife. And I, I understood this. How are you going to tell somebody sense. about their uh, husband or wife? Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay. 
but I wanted to come to him first because I know what what I I know my influence. Um, but at the same time, we have to be careful. We have to be careful when we say things like so. Kanye was very vocal about the fashion industry not letting him in at one time. Mm -hmm. So if a black female rapper who you know has just shown herself um, to be sellable in that space, and this is not from Joe Schmo down the block, it's from Fendi tell, saying, right, all of these things flew off the shelf. Then when I come to you as a black man that I look up to, I'm, I'm doing that because you inspired me. Because you, mm -hmm. you said the fashion industry didn't want to let us in, mm -hmm. even though we're so influential. And then when I did ask, just, just put it on his radar, he said his, you know, what he thought, how he thought his wife would feel about it. And we didn't really speak much more about it. You know, now I'm not saying that she said that. She wasn't there. So I want to make it, make it clear. But that's what he thought that how she would feel about it. And so it is what it is. But we have to be careful, like, that when we put those things out there and when a door is open, that we do, you know, figure out a way to have another black face there. You know what I'm saying? In that space. Because what's, what's the point? If not, you know, that's why... It takes us so long to get into um, so many things, even though we are the most influential people on the planet. Well, that's why me asking you about Queen Radio was so important to me because, yeah, you're great at it, but the symbolism and what it means for Nicki Minaj to be in media and dedicated and consistent in this area, it says something, it says something to the women looking up, trying to do this thing. Same thing the young black men are saying about the Brian Flores uh, black head coaching situation in the NFL. Like you need that representation, right. the same representation right. you talk about in fashion. Mm -hmm. Like it's important. Yeah. Especially with your relationship with fashion, it just seems. It just seems like that's, right. it just seems like it's one and one makes two. Yeah. Um, remember when I told you about we, when we first started talking, I said the thing about pink wig, thick ass, right? And everybody mm -hmm. knew me for wearing the pink um, wigs, right? Um, you would think that right now hip hop is the mo is the biggest, most influential genre genre in the world, right? Mm -hmm. You would think the biggest female rapper of all time. You would think the biggest female rapper of all time, who has set so many trends, would have been on the cover of American Vogue, but she hasn't. Now listen to this. If when Billie Eilish comes out and she sets a trend with her green hair, she's immediately put on American Vogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when a black female rapper who has been setting the trend for 10 years does it, no one says anything. A big part of the reason why we're not represented is because we need, we have to, you know, what I think we're doing now I think we're all speaking up for each other. So I think now you've made it so, we've all made it so, no, people have to pay attention to what they're doing, how they're treating uh, black artists and black people, and there has to be representation, et cetera, et cetera. I remember I would be, um, like I would do magazine covers, right? And 
they would always ask me not to wear pink hair. But I would see Katy Perry on the cover with pink hair, and I would see Lady Gaga on the cover with pink hair. I came in the game wearing pink hair and Chinese bangs, but, but whenever it was time to be represented on certain covers or in fashion, it was, no, no, we need you stripped down. No, no, down, down, down. Mm -hmm. But I've been a trendsetter. So I was talking to um, Soldier Boy the other day. I said, you know what's funny? Fellow trendsetter. Yes. I said, you know what's funny? We as a community, we all say, when we love you and we laugh when you say that you started something and you have your receipts to prove it or whatever. I was like, but if I say that, I am immediately shunned and, you know, it, it immediately, for some reason, is a bad thing for, you, for a black woman to say, I started that trend. It's a, for some reason. And it's other black women sometimes doing it to, we, we, we and I want to make sure I say we, we, sometimes we do that to each other and we're not realizing that no white person ain't going to go up there and say, oh, Billie Eilish didn't start this trend, et cetera, et cetera. No, they just gonna let her have her shine. Mm -hmm. They're gonna say, yeah, she put that on the map. Whether she put it on the map or not, you know, she's successful, she's beautiful, she got everybody wearing a certain hairstyle. We I know I love her. Um, and I would and I and by and when she does do these covers, they're beautiful. So when Soldier Boy says it, it seems like we find the humor in it. I don't think we would find that same humor if you did it. Why? But forget humor. I don't think we only find humor when Soldier Boy says it. I think we find humor and truth. And there's truth and humor. And that's why it's funnier, because there's receipts to prove it. With so, a lot of it. So, some of not, that other shit he just be talking about. not everything he says, but I'm saying a lot of stuff he said, uh, people were like, oh, wow, you know what? He, he did, you know, whatever. He's not, he didn't start everything in the world, but he, 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 was, he is a trendsetter. He did certain things, whatever. And he's educating the people that might have missed it. Right. Exactly. You can't do that. Why? It's bullying. Exactly. Everything I do and say, it's bullying. It's a problem. You've sold too many records to do that. You can't do it. I'm sorry. That's, do you realize how ridiculous that is? And, I, and this is the only reason why I'm saying Listen, that, when I say something about my accomplishments, they call me a narcissist. It's like, it's not just you. Everybody has their little thing. <laughs> really? They call me self-centered. They call me a piece of shit. Hey, why are you telling us what you did? Don't fucking matter what you did. Shut the fuck up. Really? Listen, LeBron had that whole thing a few years ago. Shut up and dribble. Like, mm. where the reporter said whatever they said, like... They don't want to hear from us outside of our respective fields, no mm. matter the markets that we've influenced. Mm. Like the markets I'm influenced don't have nothing, nothing really to do with music. Nothing to do with music at all. Some whole other shit. That didn't mean I didn't pick up the shit along the way to affect it. And that don't mean that y'all got to look at me a certain way when I say that I affected it. I think T.I. now is going through something where the comedians are fucking on his ass because he's trying stand up. He is? Mm hmm Really? He's trying stand-up comedy. Good for him. Okay. I encourage people to go do new shit and try new shit. But it's that backlash that you speak of. Mm. It's, hey, I'm stepping out, I'm doing something daring and new, and it's my own people that mm. maybe have the most to say about it. 
Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's what why I want you to understand why it matters, Joe. Um, it matters because when I was saying it back then, nobody understood why it mattered, right? But it mattered because now, for instance, you see like how when you spoke and said, oh, this woman should have a Grammy because look at her work, look how, look at the people when they're performing, she, they're, they've been influenced by her, right? Mm -hmm. When someone like you says it, other people have said it, uh, other people say it or whatever, and they start realizing, wait a minute, why, why aren't we there represented? Why? So now it's, it's you get a Grammy, you get a Grammy, everybody get a Grammy, right? Mm -hmm. But the people before who deserved them just, just are going to do without. That happens, uh, that happens a lot. So like right now, the reason why we waited all this time, because I was telling people b b back then about it. Like, yo, y'all don't think somebody that has so much um, influence, like set, setting trends as a female and, and dominating in this space for so long should be on, every, on the cover of every fashion magazine? People didn't understand why, but then when they started looking back a couple years ago during COVID and everybody was saying, wait a minute, this person was never represented and we don't have representation. We, da, da, da. It's because we shut each other down. When, when someone says it, when someone says, hey, guys, don't you think this is a little bit bugged out? So that's what we were doing with each other with the Grammys. We were shutting each other down. and say, But now everybody's saying, no, this rapper here does deserve. He should have been got one. She should have been got one. Now they're giving them away to our, our black people mm -hmm. because we spoke up. You understand the fashion industry didn't didn't have to do anything because we didn't really really make that much of an impact when we were discussing how crazy it was because we know what we influence and who we influence and how influential we are but if when a black person say hey um this person didn't start doing that I, i've been doing this i did, did, did if we keep on doing this now don't shut up don't say that don't then we never are able to say it. And that's what they want. They want us to shut the fuck up and not speak on what we do. So they don't have to put us on the covers of stuff. Now that people have been speaking up, now that people are gonna be, you know, are on the covers. Now people have been speaking up, people are getting more Grammys, but it takes us, our community, just by ourselves. When we start speaking, everything changes. It doesn't matter what they're doing in their fields. It's when we speak speak up and when we back each other up for saying it, that's when everything fucking changes. So I think we have to be mindful of when you see a black person saying what they've done, we have to be mindful to not like tear them down because we are looking at it as bragging. But the, the Jews ain't looking at each other like they bragging when they say what they did. The white people, like, they're giving each other props. The, you know, why only we look at each other like we're bragging or we're doing too much or is you know why we've always had to dim ourselves down we've always had to dim our fucking light down so it's become so synonymous with who we are so that if so that if you start saying something and feeling proud of yourself other people get uncomfortable well, that's why it's important for me to just be proud and not give a fuck what other people have to say about me. <laughs> but you got to learn that. That's, that thick skin is like an acquired, an acquired skill. Like we were talking earlier about how you've had to navigate through 
or not just you, but we, through the blog era and through the vlog era and through camera phone era. And you had to kind of learn to create that way for the people after. It's tough and we take it for granted. We should let each other and our own community speak about what we think we did. What we think we did, you know what I'm saying? What we've influenced or what we haven't influenced because there's nothing wrong with it. Shouldn't be taboo, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? We should own our influence. Yes! We should stop licensing our influence wow. places so we could participate in all the different areas that our influence affords. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Um, in 2017, I... Um, what, was, what, what year was that that I went to Paris Fashion Week, Joe? Was it 17 or 18? 17? I think it was 17. 17 right? It was an everyday struggle, yeah. So, so look, Joe, I, um, we, I was in Miami. I was about to, now, I had gone to the VMAs, right? And everybody was like, oh my God, your hair looks so nice like that. Now, at that time, Everybody started wearing their hair. Jet black, part in the middle, you know. So when we was about to go in Paris, I said in Miami, in the room, I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? And this is who was in the room. Grizz, who was my videographer at the time. Maher, who was my stylist at the time. And Neil Farina, who was my hairstylist at the time. I said... Oh, you know what? They ain't giving me my props. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wear my hair to my feet. Jet black, middle part, to my feet. And I said this. And I don't work with any of them anymore. So, I mean, they would let you know if I was lying. I know. Sure. I said this. Go I was tell. like, you know what? Watch everybody start wearing this style in their hair. So, of course, they did, right? But now... If that was a new, fresh, probably white artist, even for something like that, they would have been on the cover of every magazine. You know what I'm saying? With that, with that influence and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. But not me, because if, like you said, if I say, oh, y'all, remember in 2017 when I started wearing my hair like this? Then our, our own would be like, oh, girl, don't even talk about that. She got to mention that. Why not? The reason why you got to mention it, y'all, let me make sure I explain this. It's because when we don't mention it, we are erased yeah, from like those it, things. It didn't happen yet. They act like it didn't happen. And therefore, they can continue to minimize our influence. That's why we don't have those. That's why Kanye is saying, uh, you know, we weren't able to get in the get get in the the meetings, get in the room in the fashion company. If you let if you don't let a black woman say, hey, I started wearing my hair like that in 2017. If you don't let a black woman say that, somebody else will inadvertently get the credit, and they'll continue showing no regard to black women for what we do for this culture. Very important point that you made. It's very true. That's why Billie Eilish can come out on Monday with a new hairstyle, and on Tuesday she'll be on the cover of American Vogue with it. They don't have to do it with us because we beat ourselves down. 
Yes, I did start wearing my fucking hair like that. Rest in peace, Carl Lagerfeld. Because when he saw me in Paris, he loved it. Now, to this day, everybody is wearing their hair like that. And we just going to pretend Nikki ain't start doing... I remember when I first started doing my you hair... You bitches couldn't even spell prog. That's right. <laughs> and when I had my hair like that in my prog video, people oh, were laughing. Oh, I love that prog video. Like, uh-uh, when she got with all that thing, that hair was she big. She got on the prog, bitch. Huh? <laughs> Where you is? <laughs> no, but when I went to Prague, they was loving it, child. No, but Joe, I'm, I'm ha I did, I never wanted to talk about it. I can only talk about it with you because you understand from both sides of what's happening. When I started wearing my hair like that, right? The wigs that they were selling, I posted some of them. It was like it said the Nikki wig. Now, if you go and buy that kind of wig, it's not going to say the Nikki wig because everybody's worn it. And it looks beautiful on everyone. Let me make sure I say that. It looks beautiful on everyone. Everybody should wear it. Mm -hmm. But we never stopped and said, Nicki Minaj changed. Like, I said a lot of fucking trends in hair and, and a lot of shit, but it doesn't go to us. Let me tell you one, one other thing. A male rapper said this to me. A male rapper said this to me in 2015. He said, black women would rather give Kim Kardashian pro their props over giving it to you. They'll rather say, oh, I got this from Kim K. And by the way, Kim K is, is very influential and she has started a lot of trends. And now mm. I'm not going to take that away from her. Mm. She's very, um, she starts a lot of trends. Um, but a male rapper said that to me in 2015 and I didn't understand what made him say that. I said, really? He said, yeah, they would rather say they doing something like him than to say they're doing something like Nicki Minaj. Why is that? And we didn't get into a long conversation with it, right? Recently, I just want to let people know the reason why the most whatever female rapper or whatever isn't being represented on, uh, hasn't been represented on an American Vogue, whatever. It's because when, if you don't speak up, we don't fight for each other, then they can take what you did and they can put it on someone else from, on a different race or whatever you know, and just act like it never, you never happened. And that's not okay because it's been happening since the beginning of time when black men were standing up there <clears throat> singing and dancing and writing music and white bands were, right, were singing their music mm -hmm. and those black men died poor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Their, families their families died poor. Because we, ha we, we don't do that. I was at the VMAs with my hair like that. Kim K had her hair wet and wavy that day, looked beautiful. The following week at Fashion Week, Kim wore her hair, the long black, right, with the middle part. All I know is I said to my team in that motherfucking hotel in Miami, I said, I'm about to put it to my feet. So when they do it to their to feet, they have to, you yeah, know, give me my props. Chill. Not at still all. ain't get them props. And it's not about the props, it's about let's change the fact that when black people say, hey, I took this in such and such. Like when LL the other day, when everybody was spelling out the money, the thing with the money. And, and he showed his shit. And he said, mm -hmm. look, I did this with the ice, with, with the, um, was was ice. Cute, ice, ice right? And I thought that was dope. I love seeing things like that. I love when people school, school us and say, oh, I did this in such and such. Da, da, da. Mm. You understand? Now, yes, yes, share has worn her hair like this. Yes, Donna Summers has worn her hair like this, whatever. But you know why you wearing your hair like that mm -hmm. right now in this moment, sweetheart. 
You feel me? Well, that's the thing about influence, right? Like, so powerful, and we have so much of it, but who are we influencing? Like, we don't know. Like, when we type on this internet, we don't know who sees it, who's looking. We could be influencing the person that them other people want to be the face of something that they shouldn't be, right? And that's why the ownership part comes into play. Like you mentioned Kanye earlier. I thought that one little sentence he said was profound when he said, hey, they offered me $100 million for my album exclusively, but I've never met Tim Cook. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't meet him. Because we want the influence. We don't necessarily want to sit down and talk to you and listen mm. to you and think tank and share ideas. So, yeah, it's important for people to know what they bring to the table. It's important to demand some shit. Mm -hmm. And the fucked up part is that we got to bump our head a few times mm -hmm. before we pick up mm -hmm. the proper information yeah. to be able to uh, say the shit that you're saying now. Yeah. And, um, and by the way, let me make sure I say this because you know how they like to twist mm -hmm. my words. The same way I feel I should have already been on the cover of American Vogue, so should Little Kim. If we being, if we being all the way a thousand. Mm -hmm. If we being all the way a thousand. Mm -hmm. If this is what your magazine represents, influence. Then how do you not? How do you not? If we being honest. If, if we being honest, because every single, any female rapper, when we, when myself or Little Kim goes on the internet, every day we see our influence. We will see our influence. So I'm not I'm not gonna say it's about me only, right? And not and not give that woman her just due about what she did and what Well it's, who's it's on the board or who's in the meeting or who's behind the scenes in the think tank and in, in the think group in the brain trust saying, Hey, well what about Right and that, that, Joe, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I would have forgot to say this. Yeah. Hold on, let me say this. Hold let me say this. Because I actually, I love, um, every time I've ever met uh, Anna Wintour, she's been so gracious to me. And in the beginning of my career, she, you know, I, she let me sit with her and she showed me love. And so let me make sure I, I explain this properly. There are people around, Anna Wintour is a set, probably in her 60s, so I don't know how, how old Anna Wintour is. Anna, I don't expect Anna Wintour to know everything that's going on with every rapper in the game. Mm. I'm talking to the people around yes. Anna Wintour. I'm talking to the people around the biggest, the biggest decision makers in fashion, in the fashion world. I don't expect, like um, Karl Lagerfeld, he wouldn't have probably seen me if he didn't bump into me at uh, the party that, we, that I had happened to go to that day. Mm -hmm. So look, when he did see me, he did the right thing. He said, I want to do a shoot with you. I love this, what you have, th this hair. You understand? So she may not know. Mm -hmm. I don't expect anyone to know everything going on in, in, in rap. Like, this woman has <coughs> the biggest job, in, one of the biggest jobs in the world. Mm -hmm. So I want to just say she's always been so gracious to me. It's not about that. But it's what you said, Joe. Who's, who's at that table with her? Y'all know. Y'all 20-somethings old, 30-somethings old. Y'all know. It's your responsibility to wave the flag. You don't just take it and put it on some another no, face not, and another no, not, person. No, 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 no. Not just wave the fat flag to die on the sword. Word. If if you are the entrusted person to convey culture or to relay relay culture, if you are the voice to this person who may not typically get it, then no, you got to lay on the floor and fucking die for that and really express the message, even if it's to your detriment. It's too many times where you bump into the nigga who it's their it's their job to explain why this person would be a benefit to your company. 
And we should have been past that point. Or that should be true. past that point. But No, you just said some real ass shit. And I hope people understand what, what you just said. I hope they people won't get child. it. They won't, child. <laughs> child. But it's very important because no owner, no face of anything is the person that's doing everything by themselves. They hire people around them for a reason. Mm -hmm. That's the reason for you to be the eyes and the ears on that whatever is popping and be like, no, this person, she did, he did, he, yeah, he's who is influencing, he's who they listen to. Y yes, it's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Your legacy today and how you see it versus what your legacy will be when you're done. Because listening to you talk, girl, you a long way from done. Your brain, I can almost hear it. Yeah. You got a lot of plans. And they all in so much motion that you can't even fucking really share it. You right. just got a lot of shit coming. And it all need to be in lieu of one another. Yes. I just feel like I sold myself short when I didn't... Um, like, I'm a businesswoman in a lot of ways, and in, a, and in a lot of other ways, I didn't let my businesswoman hat come on in time, right? Like, I think, I think it was my, I can't, and, I, and I'm not blaming anyone, I think it was my job to know. And people used to tell me sometimes, but I was so caught up with, you know, writing, and I, and, and pe I don't think people understand, and this is some, another thing you'll be able to understand. When you write your own music, it's a very time-consuming thing. Mm -hmm. People don't understand how long that takes, especially when you're a perfectionist. How many times you, you cross it out and redo it and people probably mm -hmm. say, oh, you, you bugging, that was ill. And you know, you do it over and over and over. It's a time consuming thing. So I think if I could have figured one thing out earlier, I probably would have said, okay, all this time you take in to rewrite, write, write, rewrite, write, write, spend half of that time on that and go and, and get your, your makeup deal and your this and that and, and the other things, right? Which I'm doing now, right? Because, like, when I did the uh, MAC campaign, right, which is a campaign, it, um, it funds AIDS research and awareness and stuff like that, um, I had the highest um, sales, right, in, in my MAC campaign. They, they give you, like, a lipstick, and you sell it and, and it, and that's what it goes to to benefit people in that, um, that are either living with AIDS or, or just the research to, to teach our kids and teach everybody about what's going on with, with HIV and AIDS, right? But all of the biggest girls do it, and mine was the highest selling one. I would put out one lipstick, it would sell, in, sell out five seconds, and it, we, would, we would try little limited things online, it would sell out in five seconds. I put, I put on uh, Crocs, sells out everywhere. I put on the, the, the pink hat, sells out everywhere. I put on the Louis Vuitton um, uh, accessories with the whole outfit. Whatever, you know, my younger fans can buy, they're going to buy it. So next thing you know, it's going to be sold out on the, on the website. Nobody is, it's nobody's job to say, Onika, you need to be selling your own shit that's going back to you and your son and your son's son and da-da-da-da. Nobody's yeah. fault but my fault. It's their I job to not tell you. Right. Mm. I should have figured that out. I should have been more on top of that sooner. So I don't blame anybody. But what I will tell the girls now is to is to play on your strengths and 
own that space. You know, I didn't know Koi Lorraine started the, the trends, the trend with the, the braids. I didn't know that. I think someone told me afterwards, right? Because I was on like my little hiatus and stuff and I came back. I saw everybody wearing, wearing a, the particular kind of braids. Mm. And I didn't know that Koi Lorraine started those braids. <laughs> has she, you know, has she, it's, it's, it, no, are people saying to the fashion pe this girl right here i know y'all gonna put a bunch of different white people that did it but this girl right here did it you know i remember when fka twigs was wearing the I baby here she's an icon yes. icon icon like Fire. someone like her i remember before the baby hair trend became the trend fka twigs was on that shit now we're gonna put Every, you know, uh, trendy person in the world on the cover of a magazine with the baby was did FKA Twigs get her just due for that? And notice I just said three different women of color. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why we don't stop and give them well, their props? You are highlighting this in the fashion and hair industry. Artists uh, like NDRE and many others have highlighted this with the streaming services and how we're paid and viewed and treated there. This has been a constant conversation with the young black TikTok mm. dancers and creators mm. and how the algorithms, mm. algorithm. So what you're saying is blanketed just across the industry. What I try to think about when I go to bed is how do, how do I make some progress, even if not for me, but for my grandkids or great grandkids, how can we just change anything about this shit? Are there any, are there any industry standards that we as artists and media and influencers can initiate and how? So it's, lo it's loaded. Wow, right. But <clears throat> but I think that you should definitely um, be begin to figure that out. You would be surprised how many people would lend their voice to that cause. You know, with you. When when I spoke to you, when you and I was fussing and fighting and cussing each other out, one of the things I said to you, I said, "Oh, it matters coming from you <clears throat> because." <clears throat> When you when you speak on a rapper, it's different than another than anybody else speaking on a rapper, uh, because when a, when when Shaq or Charles uh, Barkley is speaking about the game, the the players they know these these guys, mm -hmm. they respect the sport in a different way, because they've played it, they've been in there. Whether not only when it was, when it was game time. But you know when it was dark and when it was you know lonely and it wasn't when it, when it wasn't too fun, and I was saying I was called, I said uh, I think I used the term one of the gatekeepers or something or something like that and you were like oh no I'm not one of the gatekeepers I don't know what whatever I what remember. our back and forth was and I said well you don't you don't see that well that's the problem a lot of times as black people we don't see our power until it's too late we don't see our influence until it's too late. That's why I highlighted when you, when you spoke on Queen Radio and I highlighted when you spoke on the Grammys for me personally, not because of those are things that are important to me, but, it's, but because I wanted to show the world, hey, 
It's what he has to say is important. And the only way we tell the world that is by us saying it. Like I can't say, oh, you know what? It's whatever he, what he thinks is, is important. I have to show that I think it's important by reposting it and saying, hey, thank you, Joe, for saying this. Thank you for caring. Thank you for paying attention to this. Because when you said that about the Grammys, a lot of other people um, said, yo, he's right. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I hold certain people, I hold y'all to certain standards, higher standards. If you know that you have an influential voice, right? And by the, by the way, I don't expect y'all to like everything I do. I'm perfectly fine if you say, yo, Nick, you, you could have came harder on that verse. You should have came harder on that verse. That's fine. <clears throat> and people be thinking you should want Should that be a text to- or a tweet? However you want to do it, because I think <laughs> I think I think you you would know how to you would know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't I don't expect to anybody to only praise me and and never say something that's constructive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it's something constructive, you you already know how I take rap seriously. So if a person that I feel like is an ill is an ill lyricist tells me something like that, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it to heart. I'm gonna listen. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to use it like, yo, you know what? I could have came harder on this or whatever. That's how I think about rap. But I'm just saying, when I had called you, one of the gatekeepers at that time, you was like, oh, what? No, I'm not. And, and now I hope that you are uh, more comfortable in that role because maybe people wasn't saying it outwards. You know what I'm saying? They probably, so a lot of times people get attention for the wrong reasons. Maybe people was just cussing you out when you said something they didn't like. But maybe they weren't stopping to say, well, the reason why I care when you say something I don't like is because I think what that when you say something, there's there's a, a, a level of importance there. Mm-hmm. People don't really do that. So I wanted to start with myself do, saying it and showing it and doing it because I've also not done it enough. Also not told people publicly, mm-hmm. you know, certain things about, you know, positive about what they do and what they mean to the to, to our community. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start with my motherfucking self. And I'm going to make sure that when certain people say things and do things, I'm still going to highlight it. You know, even with the Wendy Williams situation, and she said something to me one time, and my fans was like, oh, she's been so horrible and mean to you, and da-da-da. I said, it's okay. If I'm putting weight on the negative things she says about me, that means I care about the positive things as well that she Mm -hmm. said, right? So I'm going to highlight the positive thing, Mm -hmm. just like how I crushed your ass out about the negative thing. Is he? You, you feel me? So we all have to make sure we, we commend um, other people in our culture so that we all start showing other cultures that we are important to each other. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I hate to be cliche and say it. But motherhood is beaming off of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, all of this good parent mother shit that comes after a kid. It's true. You talking that shit? So. I think it, it ha- my son. Yeah, my son has grounded me and changed me. You sound like you just in such a good space mentally and spiritually. I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. But like last time I saw you, the energy was a little on edge. <laughs> <laughs> It was a little defensive. But that was still iconic. We still was no, iconic. No, we smoked that shit. That was it. That was a legendary meeting for all that fucking took place. Right? But when I left, just artist to artist, when I put my emotions to the side, I'm like, I think he's going through a lot. Like, we had apples, husband there, it's this, that, it's label shit, it's music. Like, it's juggling a lot. 
Like I used to have those those moments in my career where I was just a little more on edge mm -hmm. than I typically am. Wow. And it'd be shit going on. Wow. So you want to try to be, at least today, I want to try to be more empathetic to what artists have going on. Right. right, so that's important. Yeah, cause you did go over to the other side, and it was that's why I was like, uh, you acting like you don't know what this shit feels yeah, like. Yeah, no, I you did. went over all the way to the other side at one point, and it was just like you was like on the other side completely. I said, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember. But listen, you saying shit like this, and I'm done. But you saying shit like this is what has some of these barbs thinking that my barb card is fake. Some of these barbs think what that it's up and it's stuck. No. No, you have to tell them. You, okay. You it's like four or five of them niggas that's still a little flagrant. The rest <laughs> no, of them, let me tell the rest you. of them kind of no, 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 know it's peace. Listen, listen, listen. y'all. Joe did something that erased any craziness he said in the past, which is he spoke up and and defended me about something that I had been fighting about. For, for years and nobody else did it. Nobody else wanted to speak on it. He didn't have to. He knew he was going to get a lot of shit and from other people who, you know, control a lot of the media that comes out, but he didn't care. And when I see people like that, that take a stance, even when they know they can get backlash. And, and remember, he's not my friend. He didn't know if, if it was going to matter to me or if he was going to get... He didn't do it thinking, I'm going to get some cool points with this or I'm mm -hmm. going to get an interview with it. It wasn't nothing like that. He did that on his own. In fact, I didn't even know about it right away. I, I wasn't even on the internet right away. When I, when, that came, when I came back, I saw that. I said, he said that? What the hell? <laughs> that was amazing because, I look, you... And um, and then on the other side, you know, there was a situation I went through with a breakup and everybody was tearing me down and having the biggest kiki. And, you know, I always say 50 spoke up for me. He didn't have to. The game was another one. And also Boosie. Boosie spoke up for me. And so to this day, I always am going to remember those people and respect those people. When somebody, when people are kicking you while you're down and somebody says, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You never forget those people. That's just how I, I am. I'm never going to forget those people. And, and during that whole Grammy, Grammy conversation and all that stuff, and when everybody was using it as a dig at me and to laugh at me, uh, Joe came out and spoke on it and didn't, and didn't waver on it. He said, he said what the fuck he had to say. Yeah, and we're going to fix that. And it made a lot of people say, wait a minute, he's right. Because they knew... He wasn't saying it because, oh, he's in her camp or he's cool or whatever. No. And that's why they respect a person's opinion. They respect people's opinion who's going to just speak truth. No matter if you mm -hmm. want kudos from this artist, no, no matter if you best friends with this artist or not. Because me and him was not um, speaking uh, back and forth about shit. I didn't even know you said that. You, you didn't tell him. I didn't ask you to say that. You didn't mm -hmm. tell me he was going to say that. You did that because based on the climate of the culture, you felt it needed to be said. And you said it. So whether or not I get a Grammy or not, I'm still going to remember that this person put his neck out on the line to speak up for no, me. No, we getting that Grammy. Fuck you talking about. I know that as an artist, we can't not. Nah, fuck, <laughs> fuck you talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know what? But but can I just say something? And I always want to make sure I say this because people because people think sometimes that you don't care. No, I, I don't. I'm not saying. And everybody that has a Grammy, you should be proud of your yourself. So I want to make sure I say that too. But no, it's just about knowing that 
my people, just my culture, my community, my circle of hip hop knows what I've put in it. That's all I wanted. That's why I've, I'm not even, I'm not even pressed about that like that. As long as my culture of hip hop. Yeah. We need people on the Grammy board that know that Essence was song of the year. Like, right. Like that. Right. <laughs> we need to be able, and that's, you want to know what's so funny? We should have our own Grammy board. <laughs> that's not on the Grammy no, board. No, now you're talking. Our own you Grammy feel me? board. You could do that. You could our, do that. You could put together union. a show. You could put together a show with your own people, and y'all speak on things for yourselves every quarter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And y'all make up who should have this or who should be nominated or who does to that. Because if not... There's somebody deciding these things, and we don't even have a name or a face to put to it. Who is deciding these things? You'll never know. Y'all don't care that you don't know who's deciding this. No, you talking that shit? I totally agree. Somebody showed me to this. Now, this is the last thing. One of my fans pulled up, pulled something up, and it says, wait a minute, this artist's song came out, and it's not on Spotify, uh, top Spotify, it's not on top Apple. Uh, it's not on top iTunes, it's not on top Amazon, but their radio play is five times what Nikki is getting. Why? Mm. And then two, three weeks from now, they'll make you, they'll tell y'all, look, this song is better than the songs Nikki dropped because see, it's top, it's it's so high on Billboard. So you're telling me that if an artist drops a song and clearly the people are playing it and it's top 10 on Apple for two weeks and it's top on Spotify and it's top, 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 the radio can decide if they want to play that song or not. And then it makes that artist looks like, oh yeah, people ain't feeling, ain't feeling your, your stuff. Mm -hmm. What does this all mean? People need to think about it. Because my fans have been talking about this saying, Nikki don't care about being on the radio. Why would an artist not want to be on radio? Use your brains. Use your brains. But there's a, now we're going to do this on another show, Joe, and maybe we can do this on a live or a Zoom or something. I want to have an open dialogue about this. Now, Billboard just changed the rules again about how what's going to count and what's not going to count. Now, to me, and I don't know this, so I'm not bad-mouthing anybody or anything, but to me, it makes me feel like, well, once they realize the fans have the power or the artists have the power again, they do stuff to, to pull the old switcheroo. Yeah. And, 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 and my fans are like, oh, no, you, it, you, can pay, you can pay to have your songs on the radio and you can pay and then Nikki doesn't want to pay to have her songs on the radio. Can y'all stop talking? Like, what if y'all don't know what the fuck y'all be talking about, people, please? That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Um, some, some things are pay, paying for, being paid for with cash. Some things are relationships. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that go into this industry that I can't mention for a lot of reasons, right? But just use your brain. If I could pay to have whatever the fuck I wanted, why wouldn't I pay for it? You would pay for it. Right. Use your brain. So, but my point is, Joe, you tell me. We all know if, if, if the radio plays something over and over and over, you might, how many times have we ended up liking a song we didn't like in the beginning? A the million times. The radio played it over and over. Conditioning. Right. So now they're telling you, oh, 
So the fans figured out a way, because you know when me and uh, Six Nine went number one, they was mad as hell, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> a yes. lot of people were mad. So right before I was about to drop this stuff, it's new rules, new changes, right? Because certain people were a big fan base. They were buying multiple copies and different versions, whatever. And I, that's fine. I understand that. I'm a fair person. But now what happens when it's naturally with the general public still on the top 10 of Apple and a song that hasn't touched the top 10 of Apple or the top 10 of Spotify, the top 10 of Amazon, I, uh, Tidal, whatever. What, so, so what does that mean, Joe? You tell me. The, who, what's, what's fair? If a song comes out and the general public or doesn't go to stream it, you telling me it should be played on the radio more than my song that is, is, is being stable in all of the streaming services? I hate that you have to even ponder these things. Right, it's that, and, and I wouldn't, other than my fans feel so, they feel mad, like if they go no, number two and not number one, they mad and they thinking, oh no, we gotta, st-, you know, and I, my fans do so much. I don't want my fans uh, feeling bad about themselves or thinking they didn't go hard enough. You guys went super hard. You guys are fucking amazing. You guys went as hard as you could. It's just the label people work at the streaming services and billboards, so they're never going to run in alignment with what the artists and you guys want. Sorry. Sorry. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah. Recently, you've seen a switch in people who normally have a lot of uh, promotion, promotion. When they drop something without that promotion, the songs are not doing what, what those other songs did. So there's a lot of things that you guys don't understand about the music industry. But don't think for a second anybody, any artist would say, oh, I, I can get radio. I don't want to get radio. Like, come on, stop. Um, and I want to just make sure I say this. Shout out to the radio stations because actually they've been showing lots of love to our to the songs that we just dropped. Spotify has been showing lots of love to the to the uh, songs we just dropped. So you know what? It's a lot. It's just things that you can't you can't control. It is what it is. But we should have open dialogue about what's going on. We should. I agree. We should continue to have that open dialogue as artists. Because I would love to hear, one day when we could just talk about this, I would love to hear what you have to say about a lot of this. Oh, this is my bag. I'm sitting here being quiet because you're going to trigger me. And this is <laughs> such a great conversation that I want to just remain cool and zen-like. But yeah, in the future, we should definitely do that. We, I just want to have one. We could do a, a live just so that it's open, people can hear it, we're not hiding nothing, whatever, and not bashing anybody. I wanna make sure, this is not about bashing, please. Y'all gotta stop, no, be happy. I'm very fucking happy. I just uh, had the biggest debut of any female rapper um, of, this, of this year. I mm. just broke more records with, this, with these two songs. Mm. So first, we let, let's start by giving gratitude. I just wanna be thankful too. It's mm. not always about like, Everything you see, you see that it's about complaining and saying what we could have did this and somebody could have did this. How about we just say thank you that somebody 14 years in their career is debuting uh, number one on four different charts and number two on one of the other charts. Mm. What difference does it make? Y'all putting more weight on this other chart. I got uh, four uh, number ones with do we have a problem, child. It's the, them, them, them charts count. We still, we get a plaque for all them uh, charts. Do you realize that? Right, Joe? So my publicist is in the back. Uh, you not get it. Uh, Joe, please send me my plaques for number one on. For real, I'm serious. Hip-hop songs, streaming songs, hip-hop R&B songs. 
those we you they send you a plaque for all of those. So I don't know what the fuck made y'all start thinking that only one chart matters, but no the fuck it does not. So thank you, Barbs. I love you dearly. More but me and Joe, button, we gotta have a real conversation about that. About it's a lot of things I wanna pick your brain on. We are and we will. I can't thank you enough for this, for your candidness, for your honesty, your transparency. Barbs. I told y'all it was all peace and love. <laughs> y'all didn't believe me. No, it definitely but is. But we're here. That's and why I came here to do this interview. I didn't go anywhere to do any other interviews. So much has been going on. And you know, it's not outside of the TV stuff. And I know. I said so. that. I said all that this morning. So, I said, yeah. I ain't seen that really do a sit down. Yeah. Outside of the no, TV no. Stuff. As for, and then there was some people I wanted to do one with uh, in New York, but we haven't traveled yet, there yet. So we'll do a couple of sit downs in New York as well, but I wanted to make sure I did this. Now we'll have a subsequent interview too after some other things happen in the next. I few got a months. feeling you're going to be pretty active these next few months. Yeah. So yeah. I can't wait to see it. On behalf of all of us, we love you. Thank you. We appreciate you. I love you, and don't, I love you guys, the crew. Thank you for making this Don't ever feel like you are taken for granted, or that these niggas don't know what time it is, because they do. And that's what I've got. And look at those nails. It's not that long. I cut them. I actually don't like nails anymore. I'm about to just have them. I just want to have them like short and no polish. Is that what motherhood has done? Yeah. Got it. Because I don't want to poke my little pumpkin pie. He's such a cute little chunk. Also, for me, my son, when he was younger and when she wouldn't cut his nails, he was scratching the shit out of me. And it was Oh, he's he scratching the shit out of his father. He be trying to fight his dad, too. Yeah. When his dad don't give him what he wants, he goes up to his dad. He's this short. He can only reach him there. He goes like this. And he, like, does a couple punches and a bite. <laughs> and, I be, and then my husband be looking at me. I said... <laughs> Gotta love the kids. What a bundle of joy. <laughs> He's so serious, yes. And, and, you know, but by the way, best thing that ever happened to me. It feels like it. My son, love him so much. It feels like it. You it's get tired so of women saying it, but. I know, but I didn't. I I'm guess. such a whole different woman now. Well, Who was I before? <laughs> it's but I get true. It. I get true. it. It's true. It's true. It's true. The person lived inside of your stomach mm -hmm. for nine months when I would be up, when I would be just in my bed by myself, worrying about everything there was to worry about. He was filling mama, and you know he was giving me his little blessings. And my last question, because this is a parenting question, like sometimes I look at my kid and I see some shit that he only got from me that I have to parent against. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that? Of course. Okay, that's all I got. Of course. I don't like how, the, I don't like his level of determination. <laughs> and I think it's from his dad too. You know, we're so, uh, New York, like that vibe, he is that vibe. And he's, he's been, he was born in Beverly Hills. That yeah. sounds great, you don't want that vibe. Let me not get us, a, let me not get us in a, trouble. Joe, it's a lot, Joe. A Beverly a Hills vibe. But it's a lot. It's a lot. So we going to have to... You're you know, New York to your core. I don't give a I fuck know. how long you've been out here, you know. I know. Okay. But with the baby, he... I, can, I don't know. Who does he think he is? He's just like... His parents. Y'all. <laughs> He's y'all. Yeah, we're going we gonna to have to... I'm going to have to... For the next, the next two years, once I could even like start putting him on timeout, because right now you can't even put them on timeout. He's one. He's looking at you like what? Wiggling back. I, I tried yeah. to make up a timeout chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you he first time parent. He stayed in that chair for two seconds. Look, 
cracked up laughing and then slid on out of it, child. I, uh, nothing. And then he knows the word dirty and he purposely goes by the garbage can just so me or his father can say, no, da, da, da. and then he goes, looks, and then he has this wild look in his eyes and then he goes, and then he runs away and then he pretends he's saying, that dirty, that dirty. I said, yeah. if you don't sit, show Yes. And salute to dad. Sound like dad got it under control up there. Oh, no. We, he worships daddy. That's his best friend. Y'all be hating. Y'all hate when that happens. I, I, I am hating. I carried you oh, in my Jesus. stomach. For, and you, and you so had to do all this to mama. Made mama feet get bigger one size and all your, this stuff. Your feet are beautiful. You are beautiful. Thank you. Salute to the dads. How old is your son? Four. You have an older one, though. 20. 24. So the, now with the four-year-old, now with the four-year-old, was terrible too actually terrible? No, the three. It was three. No. It was a little later. Two was mad peaceful and I was really? bragging. I was like, yo, I ain't seen nothing about terrible twos. And the parents was like, it turned to three and four now. And certainly, as he got the three, he do what the fuck he want. Climb all over the couch. Yo, dog, you gonna hurt yourself. Get off of there. Flip you the bird. What? Yeah, no, they do what they want, boys. And boys are like boys. That's yes. the thing about kids. He won't like, stop even when he hurts himself. Yeah, he's yeah, still yeah. trying to be rugged. And I said, stop. I cry. Anytime he hurts himself, I cry. See? Like a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's at that age. So. Oh, okay. It's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Nicki Minaj. That is a rap. Rap. Final. Thank you, Joe. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for an amazing interview, Joe, too. You did a great job. No, you won't.